They're not attracted to the guy who's a rock star. They're attracted to the way that that man projects himself. The most powerful masculine men I know, uh, what's powerful about them is their sense of integrity and honor. That's where a man achieves his, his power and his success. I think a lot of men are confused about what it actually means to be a man. You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to Sovereign Man Podcast. I'm your man, Nicky Ballou. We have a very special guest here today. Um, Jeff Tomlinson uh, is a um, man who has been successful working in corporate Canada at the highest levels in the world of marketing and sales. He is now a financial advisor, and he's also been involved in the work of men as the president of one of the largest men's organizations in the world, Men's Division International, or MDI. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for having me, Nikki. Good to have you on, you on, my brother. So, um, my question for you is: What's going on with men today? Why is it that men are not who men have been for eons anymore? And what can we do to turn all that around? It's a big question. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, I think that uh, there's a lot of different factors occurring in that. Um, I think a lot of men are confused about what it actually means to be a man. And uh, they have poor reference points for that. And that that is on many different extremes. One of the places men look for what it means to be a man is with women. That's a really bad place to look because the woman... Women know what they're attracted to, but often what they say they're looking for in a man and what they actually are attracted to are two different things. Yep. Um, and you can see that in Hollywood, the whole bad boy thing. I mean, it, it uh, there's, you know, women are attracted to men being masculine and being in their power. You know, women like their men hard. And I don't mean that as a sexual reference. They like them to have... Uh, confidence and uh, and power, uh, yeah. or exude that they are grounded. Um, being sensitive and all these other things is nice, but it's it's more what women look for in their friend than it is in their lover or lifetime partner. Unfortunately for men, and that's very confusing to men because every rom com that's ever been done has this sensitive guy in it. Or even if he's a gruff exterior underneath, he's a sensitive guy. Then um, that's a nice fantasy, um, but it it actually isn't what um, what women tend to be attracted to because they tend to be attracted to men who have confidence, regardless of what that reason is. Whether you know, there's an old saying about about that, which is uh, you know, are women attracted to men driving Ferraris and Porsches and rock stars and guys with large dicks and so on. And the answer to all that is sort of yes, but the real answer is no. 
attracted to the way the man gets out of the Ferrari, not to the Ferrari. It's the way that that object makes the man feel and project himself that they're attracted to. They're not attracted to the guy who's a rock star. They're attracted to the way that that man projects himself. You know, if you look at commercials, TV commercials, dad is always, not always, but dad is usually the boob. If they if they need a boob, a comic relief, someone who's going to be stupid, yeah. it's going to be dad. Yep. It's never the kids. It's never the mom. It's always dad. And you know that th those types of that type of imagery being repeated back to people all the time, it's not useful. Um, and then you know you have this other side of things, which is this uh, the the you know kind of the men the, the young men without any male role models issues. So this shows up in gang violence and and incel and all sorts of uh, completely. Um, uh, detrimental behaviors uh you know and it's a pseudo masculinity where it's like being part of a gang and being violent um feels masculine in 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 the in an environment where you have no other role model to tell you what it actually is uh, it feels you know aggressive and powerful uh, particularly in low-income areas where there's not a lot of power uh, economic power anyway so those two extremes are not you know we're both you know they're not extreme but those two issues in particular you know the what women in popular media tells you women are attracted to and what they're really attracted to and that dichotomy which is just wrong um and also what other young men in a you know, in, in a basically a small Lord of the Flies like atmosphere, what they uh, are telling you it means to be a man, which is to be violent and to have power over others and so on. Um, you know, the 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 breakdown of um, of the family structure has been the thing that has been the most detrimental to young men because so many men are so many boys and men are growing up without a father. And the jails are full of them. You know, I, th I think the last time I heard it was over 80% of the men that are imprisoned don't have a father or a solid father figure at home when they grow up. Uh, that's astronomical. You know, when you realize that only about 40% of the population actually grows up that way. Uh, so those are a lot of the issues. I mean, there's tons of stuff going on out there that, that, that makes masculinity look um uh, kind of old-fashioned or boobish or something and none of that of course that that's all uh that all leads men astray when you know when the most powerful masculine men i know uh what's powerful about them is their sense of integrity and honor that's where a man achieves his his power and his success and, and in fact, those those characteristics can take you a long way in the business world. They can also get you screwed if you're not paying attention. But those two things, um, having integrity and honor and, and having a moral compass and so on, those, those types of ways of being um, are what the world actually needs from masculinity and what men actually need to, uh, you know, to maximize their place in this world.
And yet, uh, you know, there's very few role models of that. And so where does a man find this behavior? If his friends aren't exhibiting that behavior, where, where does a man find that model? It's not going to be on TV. It's unlikely to be in the movies with rare exceptions. So, so we're, we're creating a circumstance where um, men don't know what it means to be a man. And that's showing up in all sorts of things. So men are now you know, less than half of the university graduates, considerably less. And each each year, when a new group of uh, students graduate high school, that number goes down. Um, and, you know, it's not that education's everything. It absolutely isn't. There's many men of great, of great honor and integrity. They're fabulous role models that are in the trades and that never needed to do that. One of my personal, you know, heroes, in terms of what it means to be this type of man is a man I've known for many, many years named Paul Flood. And, you know, he's a carpenter by trade. And, you know, he has a fairly decent amount of personal success because he always acts with integrity, always keeps his word, always acts with honor, good family man. But mostly it happens that he's in a trade where that's a big differentiating feature because carpenters are known to, and you know, to tell you what you want to hear to get the job and then get it done a month later. Um, whereas he won't take your job. Like he'll tell you when he can do it. And uh, if that doesn't work, then that's fine. He won't. Most of them, if you call him up and say, I need my deck built, uh, when can you do it? Oh, next week, let me come out and give you a quote. And they might show up six weeks later before they actually start because what they want to do is nail down the business and they don't care what they're saying as long as they get the job. Um, but. Anyway, I, I got a little far off the tangent with that, but the, you know, that, those, where do those role models exist, um, and where do you find them? Is the question I think for most men, and and I think that, you know, for me as a former president of a men's group, the obvious answer is in men's groups, but not even all of them fit that bill. You know, there are men's groups, uh, some which are set up by churches, some which are set up by other places, and not all of any of these types, not all church men's groups are like this, but then are um, feeling better chat circles. That doesn't really necessarily provide you with much value in terms of what you need to do to be a man and to success as a man either. But there are many men's groups out there that uh, are actually reasonably difficult places to be. And uh, that's what you're actually seeking because you, if you're around men with honor and integrity, they're going to expect the same from you. And that can provide, you know, not just a role model, a set of role models for what it means to be that type of man, but it can provide um, like a, a weekly or biweekly or however often that men's group meets a um, uh, place to practice it. And to be called out on when you're not and when you stray and so on. Because it, 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 it isn't easy to be a man of integrity and honor when the rest of the world is acting in a different way. It takes, takes discipline. It takes desire to, to actually do that. It's, it's actually not, you know, default, default activity. Default activity for a lot of men is to sit around watching sports, drinking beer. I mean... 
or whatever their hobby slash addiction is. Um, so, you know, and being lazy, you know, that's kind of a, a, a large segment of the population. So it takes some discipline to be the, the type of man that society needs us to be and that we need to be for society and to be our best. Those can be, you know, those types of men's groups that demand more of you than you bring when you first show up going forward are, are the types of places where men can find that. I'm sure there's others, but that's the one that I know best and I'm familiar with. There's a lot to unpack in what you just said. I loved it. Um, it's fantastic, but there's a lot to unpack. So let me unpack the four key points that I got out of this. Point number one is, you know, with relation to women, women, what what women say versus what they mean in terms of what they want in a man. Point number two is powerful man, integrity, honor, moral compass. Mm -hmm. And point number three is men are confused. They don't they don't know what it is to be a man. man. And point number four is the best way for them to figure this out is with other men, men's groups. And not all men's groups are created equal, right? So um, if you don't mind, I'd like to tackle each of these in turn because I think they're all very powerful. So let's talk about women first. Our favorite subject is men and women. So let's talk about why is it that what a woman really wants and what she says she wants are so far apart. I really you know, don't know why that is, to, to be honest. I just know that it, it is. I mean, like, how often do you hear a woman describing a man that she's recently become infatuated with and she can say, she, what she's saying is, I don't know what it is. He's not really my type. But I, I really, you know, I'm head over heels for this guy. I mean, that's a pretty common thing. And, and what it really is, is that, you know, the man is has honor and integrity and a moral compass. And and confidence is generated in a way that he betrays himself or it, um, portrays himself as a, as a result of having honor, integrity, and a moral compass. Those are very powerful tools for a man to have and exhibit and practice on a daily basis. To, to the point where it becomes his way of being. That's a very powerful place for a man to be, and women are attracted to that confidence. But they often say that because they have a type that they've assumed. Now, whether that comes from Oprah or, the, you know, the Harlequin channel or rom-coms, I mean, I, I honestly don't know. I would assume it comes from culture. Um, but I, I'm just, frankly, not that much of an expert on women. Um, you know, I think that what I do know is that just to be true. You know, like my observation tell me that's just how it is. And women are women are just attracted to what they're attracted to, and it doesn't seem to be what they think they're attracted to. Well, you know, you said so. You said before that they tend to be attracted to men who are hard men and you said it's not a sexual thing it's it's a man who um who just is a man a no bullshit get it done kind of man i've been watching 
um, I've been watching uh, old reruns of uh, that '70s show. I don't know if you ever watched that '70s show back in the day, but there was the dad, Red Foreman, the dad, right? He was a, a right. Korea War veteran, and he wasn't a particularly attractive man. He was bald, but the kids all were like, "Oh shit, Red's here!" Like they respected him because he's he called them dumbass. I'm gonna put my foot in your ass. And his wife, his wife was like really gaga over her man in the movie, in the in the in the show. And part of it was that this dude was a man of integrity, a man of honor, uh, a hard man, didn't put up with a lot of crap, but man, cheated his woman fantastically. Like just if she wanted something, needed something. It just get done, you know, and and he he very very seldom screwed up. And I looked at that and I go, man, this is this even though it's a TV show and whatnot, but it's a it's a powerful portrayal of a masculine man in in my uh -huh. books and what the kind of man that you know women are attracted to, like a woman of substance in particular. While this his neighbor was this rich kind of goofy dude. And he had, you know, hot wives, but they were like goofy women. You know what I mean? Like a woman who you probably want to go to bed with, but you probably wouldn't want to marry in, in each case. Right. Yeah. Y you know, well, so I think that, like women can be attracted to a lot of different things. Usually my observation that it comes down to confidence. My point in men, I, having integrity, honor, you know, moral compass, um, being respectful, is that those those things provide a set of confidence. They, they can provide they can provide a man with confidence if he doesn't if he's not rich and he doesn't have a big dick and he you know the, the, he's not a rock star or a politician you know that doesn't have political power. All those things are intoxicating to women. But what's but but if you don't have all those things, then probably want to have integrity, moral compass. So on. The other thing is, is like what you did say, I think is crucial with that is, is that, look, if you just want to have sex, you can have confidence from any one of those things, the big dick, the rock star, the whatever, muscles, all those things. They can provide you with sex because they provide you with confidence. But if you want to find a life partner that you'd like to raise your children with, you want your confidence to come from something that's going to attract a woman that you that it, that that you know that that is going to be the best family unit and parental unit mate you can find, and and that woman is going to be attracted to your confidence coming from strong moral compass, integrity, honor, respect, you know those types of things. Um, and, you know, there's lots of great role model men I've known throughout my life that are middle class guys, you know, or even I brought up, you know, this man, Paul Flood, the carpenter. He's a classic example in, in, for me of of what it means to be a masculine man. He's got a wonderful wife and great kids, you know. He ain't going anywhere. She ain't going anywhere. And he ain't changed one bit from the day she met him to today. At, you know, but no point has he been able to change who Paul is. He's Paul. He already knows what's right. He doesn't need to change to try to please her. 
Yeah, yeah. In fact, that would be a non-starter for him. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So, if you're, if you're, you know, like, if you're already being the man you always wanted to be in these areas, then there is no reason for you to be to change or to doubt yourself about what you need to be. So, if your wife decides to test you around one of these things, you know, I, I pride myself on keeping my word, and once in a while, my my wife will be late or something, right? And she'll say, well, just tell them this, because she's making me late, because I'm not late. Um, or, you know, very rarely, but uh, and she'll say, well, just go tell them that. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to tell them that, because it's not true. It's the wrong thing to do. I'm not going to make up some bullshit excuse for why we're late. If nobody asks, they'll say nothing. If someone else, they'll tell them it was because you weren't ready. <laughs> you, you know, you, you've got a little bit I of say, woman in you, brother. Yeah, I'm not trying to throw you under the bus, but, you know, I'm not trying to make you look bad. But the reality is that, I, you know, don't expect me to lie because you didn't start getting ready on time. Yeah, it's not what I do. Yeah, it's one, not of, the, what I do. It's one of the things I respect about you, Tomlinson, is that I know I can count on your word. Like, I know I can count on your word. There's men whose word I know I cannot count on. I know I can count on your word. So, um, let me just state that you know I got involved in a men's group. Um, it was called the Sterling Men's Division, and that was in 1997. And I was anything but a man of my word in 1997. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I was in my 30s. You know, um, middle management. Uh, trying to work my way into director level. And, you know, the, I just wasn't. I was a man of excuses and lazy and, and lack of integrity is who I was. But being around men that had integrity, honor, and expected the same thing from me over time taught me what it meant to be that man. And then I started to appreciate the gift that it is to be that man. There's a, there was a time when my career hit the skids for a while. You know, I had this consulting business. I got seriously involved with one client. He went out of business, stiffing me for a lot of money. I, you know, it was terrible. And then I tried to, you know, I spent so much time on his business that I hadn't cultivated any new clients. And it was going to take a while. And that particular consultant model, it took months to call, you know, so I was like, I need to make money and I need to make it now. Try to find a job and couldn't. And, you know, um, that was pretty devastating. You know, like I, I was having financial difficulty, never faced that before. But I still had my honor and my integrity. Yeah. So I wasn't, I wasn't a woe is me man. I was like, I just need to find a way out of this. You know, and I got a lot of support from my men, but it didn't cause me to be late or indulge in certain behaviors just didn't because because I had this I've been taught what it meant to be that man and the value of being that man and yeah. you can take my money but you can't take that away from me yeah amen amen I own that and it, I'll own that for life amen man amen well said well said well said well said um 
So let's shift into the next point that a source of a man's power, a powerful man is a man who derives that from his integrity, his honor, and his moral compass. And I know we've been talking about that, but let's address it head on. So why do you say that? Well, because, you know, life is confusing and difficult. And it's constantly throwing new shit at you that you're not sure what to do with. You know, the world moves fast. There's a lot of changes that go on in family units and relationships and in your career. And um, when you have that compass, when you know what it means to be that man, it's always there for you. It guides you throughout all the decisions you need to make, but more than anything, it gives you a level of confidence that even in a shitstorm, you know who you are, and you're not going to be bent or changed or altered or modified. And other people see men like that, and they may never vocalize it, but they see you and they have respect for it, even if they're not that. And ultimately... It it uh, it just it gives you a source of of um, it gives you a foundation when the rest of the world tries to destroy your foundation, which it'll do a few times in a lifetime, whether that's a divorce or a loss of career or the death of a loved one, um, loss of your father. I mean, there's just all these things that uh, that that occur that just come up out of nowhere. Um, or even that you see coming sickness that can rock a man deeply and, and be deeply disturbing and difficult for the man to deal with. And having those things as a foundation that you can't knock a man off of. So the world can be going to shit around him and he can know, yeah, but I know this about me. And that tells me this is how I need to act. This is what I need to do. I'll give you an example. So for me, personal one. So my, I've been married for, I don't know, 15 years or something. Uh, yeah, 14 years. Uh, my wife comes to me one day, says she's leaving. Okay. You know, hadn't been a great marriage the last seven years. You had a good partnership, but there was no sex, not really any love. We kind of were devolved into friends like some time ago. Um, sort of understood, whatever. It still hurt. I didn't want my kids were 12 and seven. And I was seven when my mom left my father. It was devastating to me. I didn't want my kids to go through that. I figured I could make it till the youngest was 16. We're talking five more years or, or nine more years. So, so uh, anyway, and my, my daughter um, goes into my wife's phone and she's like, there's nobody else. Don't worry about that. That's not what this is about. Anyway, she finds all these sexual-based texts between my uh, ex-wife, you know, then-wife, I guess, and her boyfriend, her, the man she was having an affair with. Um, and she shows them to me as a 12-year-old. So, uh, you know, what I wanted to do was to take those sects and uh, show them to her and call her a lying cut. And, you know, like, it let her know that I knew she was a liar and that she was having an affair and that she was destroying our family for that, all this stuff, all this emotional vitriol, right? 
what I did do was nothing. Nothing. I, I folded up the phone. I handed it back to my daughter. After talking to some other men that had been through it, that know, you know, that, that made a lot of mistakes about stuff like this. And in fact, one of those men had actually made the mistake. He's, he said, Jeb, fold up, you know, you're right, fold it up, put it back in your wife's pocket, tell your daughter never to say anything about it, and you never say anything about it. So if you bring this up, it'll cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. She'll make you pay. So that's what I did. And unless my wife ends up watching this uh, this pod, um, she doesn't know today that I know. And why would, you know, and as a result of not taking that information, I put, what I did was decide to put the health of my family and my finances ahead of my emotions. That's what my integrity told me to do because I knew that they were right that she, if she wanted to lawyer up and make divorce difficult, she, she had the right, she had the ability to do that. She hadn't worked in 10 years. So it was going to be ugly financially either way. Um, and she ended up settling for way less than she could have got. Why? Because I was a man being honorable and integrity to my family, not to her. This wasn't about what she deserved. She deserved the emotional outrage. But my children didn't deserve it. No. I didn't deserve the loss of money. And my children didn't need the additional trauma in what was already a horrible circumstance. So my compass was there for me at the worst possible time. Wow. And the other men in the men's group that had been through divorce, believe me, I was not reaching out to single men for advice at this moment. Yeah, or even happily married men. I was talking specifically to men who had been through divorce. Mostly, and most of their advice went along the lines of, this is what I did, don't do that. And one of the four men that I was dealing with in the sort of support circle, if you will, um, had actually done something very similar. He'd actually called the phone number of the man that the woman was having the affair with and asked for her on the phone. And he hung up on her, on him, but um, it cost him dearly, it cost him financially, and it cost him in terms of uh, how much strife was going to occur. Yet, he gained absolutely nothing from it other than a you know, 45 second emotional release. So your compass provides, like having, you know, attempting to walk the world as a man of honor and integrity will come up for you multiple times when the shit hits the fan and it will always give you confidence, but it will also give you a fallback, a fallback kind of default way of being when the world is trying to knock you off of your foundation. That's a foundation that you can't, you know, that you can't knock a man off of if he's determined to stay on it. And it's easy. Once you once it becomes your habit, it's easy. Doesn't mean temptation doesn't come up. My brain still tells me, oh, I can just do this. I can bullshit my way out of this. You, what you were saying was so compelling. I, I it was not short of an earthquake. There was going to be nothing that was going to 
break my concentration. Um, that's very powerful. And I think you did the right thing. So let's talk about why men are confused and why they don't know what it is to be a man, especially younger men, and why there's so many of these gurus that are telling them, hey, go be like me. And maybe some of these gurus are teaching them some things that make sense. There's gurus yeah. I know that teach men about how to make money. There's gurus I know that teach men about how to have a strong mental mindset. And I'm 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 someone who believes all that's valuable and important. But I I a lot of these folks don't have a holistic view of what it is to be a man and they're almost studying the other men around them rather than going back into history and really understanding, hey man, what is it that makes a man a man? So I, I'd love to yeah. hear your thoughts on why is it that you think men are confused and why some of these gurus that they're following aren't necessarily giving them good advice. Well, I think, you know, the, the why men are faltering, it goes back to the role model example. And I think a lot of it's based around not being raised by being raised by one of being raised by no men or being raised by uh, a man who doesn't have things we've been talking about integrity moral compass and so on um and honor so if that when men are raised by no men or boys or by a man who is already gone astray from what it means to be a man the uh those men those those young men once they become young men they know that something's wrong with what they've been told it is to be a man in their guts, in their balls, inside of them, not necessarily up on the in their head, they know this ain't right. Um, either whether that's the poor male father figure or whether that is no father figure. Like if, if a mother or a woman is telling what they be, they don't know what it means to be a man, but they know deep down inside that's not, which creates a yearning to find what is, which creates an industry full of people to look around and come up with a segment of what it means to be a man and exploit it by teaching people that segment, whether that's, you know, getting laid, that's a segment of what it means to be a young man in particular, at least a single man. And there's a whole industry of gurus around that. And they're teaching them what worked for them, you know. Um, and you brought up others, you know, career, how to make money, et cetera, et cetera. Those exist all over the place. And uh, and I think most of them actually have some value, but there's no holistic teaching on what it is. And it's very, um, it's not transformational in terms of what it means to be a man, any of them, or most of them, I should say. I don't know all of them, so I'll say most or the vast majority, perhaps. Because, all it, because if all you have is a piece of what it means... That is a behavior that should come out of having honor and integrity and a moral compass. A lot of those things come from that foundation. But what they're teaching is the action that comes from the foundation without teaching the foundation. 
Because frankly, foundation is hard to teach, right? Um, it, it, you know, that's why a lot of the uh, a lot of the organizations that do this start with some type of transformational weekend, where men really have to experience something pretty deep and meaningful that goes on for 48 or 65 hours or whatever it is. Um, they get to know themselves a lot better, get to discover what's inside them, reconnected to their emotions, all these other things. That opens a man up to the opportunity to create a new foundation for himself, for himself uh, of integrity and honor. Creates that, that the space for that to, to fill a gap. It's not that easy to figure out what all this stuff is or to explain it. And certainly, you know, the, the world's based on quick hits. Take my course. It's an afternoon or it's four two-hour Wednesday night sessions online. Easy, simple solutions are what people are seeking. And that's not a function of our society. That's human nature. We've always looked for easy, simple solutions. It's just... They've never been more readily available to us than they are now. And uh, so that you get these snippets of value. A lot of them make sense, frankly. Um, some of them are bullshit, of course. I mean, you, I've been exposed to some of these are eye rollers. But if you've got all these all these young men and boys out there desperately seeking what it, desperately seeking something because they don't even know what's wrong. Yeah. They just know that inside them, they don't feel right. That's what they know. So, and that gets reflected in not getting laid and not getting ahead and being frustrated and so on. And the best way I know out of that is to is to is to find a you know a moral compass with integrity and honor. At least that will provide you with a foundation. Then, when you go out and you look at one of these one of those teachings, you've got a different prism from what you're looking through. You're not looking through it as a, a solution as opposed to just another tactic you can use to forward where you want to get in your life, as opposed to something that's going to transform you. It's not going to transform you. It's going to give you a set of tools. Transformation is about foundation, and, and it's not going to change those things. It's not even designed to. It's designed to teach you how to make money. A lot of times the real reason you're not making money is you, you don't have a foundation that works. So you're full of shit. You'll tell people what you think they want to hear, or you'll, and then you can't deliver, or you'll lie, you or know. you'll deceive, and, and all of those things are can be career suicide. Yeah. But once you eventually get caught, it's inevitable that you will. They may not even tell you they've got you. The company is just going to go in a new direction, one that doesn't include you. <laughs> yeah, Jack, this has been deeply insightful. So let's hit the last piece uh, and we'll wrap it up in the next uh, four or five minutes with this because I think you've done a really good job of laying all this out for the men listening to this episode. Um, men's groups. So the solution to this the solution to a man being lost, not knowing how to be a man, the solution to a man understanding how to be powerful, living his integrity, his honor, and his moral compass, and showing up in a way that has a woman be attracted to him 
is to be with other men, to be almost raised and fathered by other men. And you and I have had this discussion before. So the question I have for you is, why is it that being part of a men's group, in your estimation, is so necessary in 2023 for even the most, quote unquote, successful men? And why is it, um, not why is it, how is it that you can go about selecting a good men's group to be a part of? So uh, why, first question is why, and then how do you select? So why, it, 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 you know, um, is because there's nowhere else that I know of to find that example. And uh, and then to, and, and even if you can find that example elsewhere, like for example, in a book or from another individual, the shifting yourself from a man that doesn't, live his life guided by integrity and honor and keeping their word into being a man that is a man who does those things is a practice. It's not a light switch. You can't turn it on and off. It's a process. It takes time. Some of these habits, regardless of age, whether you're 21 or 51, they take time to refine and change even if you buy into the concept that you as a man need to have honor integrity and keep your word even if you're that man it'll take you time to get there so the next thing is like how do you select that man's group well here's here's a good compass most of these men's group will start off with some kind of introduction whether it's just attending a session or something more formal if you go to one and feel completely comfortable, it's probably not for you. And it probably won't provide value. So the, you know, my first experience with a men's group was very uncomfortable and it, and it scared me a bit. Um, and, and it scared me a bit because what I needed was there. We don't like change. We like being who we are. So as a result of that, you know, we, you know, um, a men's group should be a place where you can hear the truth being spoken, uh, even when it's uncomfortable for the receiver to hear the truth. So that means that, you know, that provides a place where men can exchange and actually be able to teach each other. If they're handling each other with kid gloves and being overly polite and nice to each other, there's probably not going to be enough value there. And it's probably actually not a men's group, but more like a social club or a whining and bitching circle. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that those things don't provide value. Social clubs provide value, particularly for those that are lonely. Um, I've heard men, particularly men that are quite spiritual and like church, they get a lot of value from that type of men's group. It, brings them closer to God and so on, which I don't, I'm not a practicer of this, so I'm not, you know, but I know other men that have commented that they get something from that. Fine. Um, social clubs, you know, are great because they provide men with a place to be social and there's nothing wrong with either one of these things. Neither one of them is going to change you into a man of honor, honor and integrity and help you keep your word. What you require from that is two things. One, men that are an example of that behavior already. Now, not everybody in that men's group is going to be an example of that behavior. 
because many of those, many of the men in that men's group are going to be somewhere on the path to becoming that man. They're still learning. That's okay. So there needs to be some men in the men's group that are that example. And two, they're willing to tell you the uncomfortable truth about where you need to go to be that man and willing to point it out each and every time they even sniff that you might not being a man of honor, integrity, and keeping your word. If they don't have, if they if they don't have examples and they're not willing to tell you <clears throat> when you're off track, you're not going to get the value you're seeking there. Yeah, I get it. And there's lots of them, but you know, I come from one that's like that, but there's all sorts of varying degrees of how that gets practiced in some of them, but there are other men's groups that deal mostly with providing a place for men to have an emotional release. In fact, probably the biggest men's group in the world, that's their core function. Yeah. Okay. It just ain't for me. And it ain't for me because once in a while I may need to have an emotional release or encourage another man to do so in my men's group, but it's not the purpose of what we do. When we have an emotional release, it's so we can get back on track to being a man of honor, integrity, and keeping your word. Yeah. So it's a different purpose. And you know, you you need to have you need to have men that are gonna call you out and let you know when you're not there. Because I can tell you, I'm practicing this for 27 years and I think I'm pretty good at it. But once in a while, one of the men on my team sniffs it out, and you know what? They're right. It happens. It creeps in on you. Yeah. And and, and then I'm thankful. I'm embarrassed and then thankful. At first, I'm just embarrassed and maybe even defensive. But after that, I'm thankful. <laughs> this has been a very powerful conversation. Um, I'm going to just say this uh, on my end to wrap it up. I'm 55 years old. And in the last three to six months, I've learned more about how I've been buying my own bullshit narrative about myself than I ever have up to up to this point in my life. And there's two things that have hit me very hard. I love to look good to myself as well as to other people. And I have lived my life looking like I'm somebody who is a go-getter, an achiever. And the truth of the matter is, I have been a go-getter and an achiever to a point. But I have not come even close to going after things and achieving at the level at which I'm capable. And the reason is really straightforward. Um, there's been a part of me that's been a whiny little bitch and is willing to quit before it's time to quit, is willing to take his foot off the gas. It is difficult for me to even verbalize this to you because it really makes me look like a jackass. But it's the truth about what I've discovered myself to be. And 
I want to do another episode with you. Maybe even let you inspect and interview me in that episode because I think it'll be good. And I'd like to do it sooner, not later, to really understand what is it about me that has had me live this way and to deeply um, tackle it. No, I don't want to say deeply. To tackle it head on. And with a deep level of commitment to transforming it everywhere in my life. There is one area in my life that I've, I am currently taking it on. And it's been fucking tough. But I want to do it everywhere in my life. And on that note, well, brother. Um, I just because, want to say before we go that, that um, sure. you might have never appeared less like a jackass as opposed to appeared like a jackass. The, the Appearing like a jackass when you're being real about who you are is actually like how you feel as opposed to how it appears. Like I, I, there's a lot of, there's going to be men watching this podcast. Uh, if they've never heard that from you before, they're probably going to feel far more bound to you emotionally and care about you more and be more willing to follow you as a result of you coming clean about who you really are than they ever have been. Because yeah. what you're doing is you're reaching a new level of integrity with yourself. You've been a man who's always had integrity with others. I tell you, I'm going to do this. I do this. The person you haven't had integrity with is you yeah. to yourself. And now you're discovering that. Now the men around you that know you, love you, follow you, you know, they know something about this, but they don't know what it is. So when you reveal it, you open up the world to all the men that love you to help you with this, get to where you need to go. But it's a real hard thing for others to identify. And uh, congratulations. You, the first step to transformation is realization. So you're, you, can't, you can't transform something or even create a discipline to beat it um, unless you discover what the problem is in the first place. Amen, brother. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Man Podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca.